all hands prepare for combat. This is your Admiral speaking. It's time for the Force Must Flow Radio. Welcome, squadron leaders, to the Force Must Flow Radio. I am your Admiral Bombadelli Ojo. I am super excited to finally get this podcast up in the air and into hyperspace. I've been wanting to work on this for the longest time. A little bit of background. I am, once again, Bombadelli Ojo. I'm an avid fan of science fiction. Not just science fiction. Space operas, uh, military science fiction, fantasy you name it. And not just within the realm of literature or film or TV or gaming. It's all comprehensive over here for your Admiral. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to, is to explore different themes within different media. Uh, for instance, for instance, we're going to be talking today about military science fiction and its relation to both the Ace Combat series of video games, and one of my favorite films of all time, Pacific Rim. Now, what is military science fiction? Let's discuss that for a second. What what comes to mind most often when people think about military science fiction is, say, Starship Troopers, Robert Highland's Starship Troopers, both that and the film. Uh, here and there, we'll get uh, Star Wars with, for military science fiction. And um, what do you often imagine? You, you see planets. You see the most advanced and amazing tech. You see people fighting on strange new worlds. Uh, maybe they have powers. Maybe they don't. Most often than not, what's discussed within military science fiction is not so much the tech but more so the themes like honor, valor, valor, sorry, honor, valor, and of course, self-sacrifice. Those are, those are common themes that you'll find within military science fiction. So I'm going to propose to you, if you don't mind listening to your admiral for a few seconds, uh, or a few moments, squadron leaders, leaders, and I'll state my case as to why both Ace Combat and Pacific Rim count as military science fiction. Let's start with let's start with uh, Ace Combat first. Okay, first off, I'd like to preface this. If you have me on Facebook or are on my Facebook page, I had put up a poll for Ace Combat for the asking the question: Do you consider uh, Ace Combat to be military science fiction? Now, the majority of people voted in favor of idea that Ace Combat counts as military sci-fi. Uh, I am one of those people that agrees it's military science fiction, but we do have a few people here and there who are opposed to the idea of it uh, counting as military science fiction. Now, 
to anyone who's worth their salt, who knows anything about anything about gaming, is very familiar with the Ace Combat series of games. For those of you who are not versed in that, I will give you a brief briefing on that. Ace Combat is basically a, I don't want to say flight simulator, they're more arcade-ish fighter games, as in jet fighters. The plots of the game are mired in politics, patriotism, nationalism, so on and so forth. They take place in an alternate universe than ours called Strange Reel. In Strange Reel, you have the same kind of timeline here on Earth, but with different nations. For instance, one of the nations is called Oceania, the other one's Yucatania, and of course, there are a few other fa- factions that are involved. Um, usually, these these nations are in conflict with one another, and they wait. The way they go about these conflicts is basically how you would see uh, modern warfare taken being done in our universe with fighter planes, tanks, jets, battleships, and air carriers, aircraft carriers, and the like. You would argue that this is basically a flip on alternate history or pseudo history or what have you not. But give me a second. Anyone who's familiar with with Ace Combat knows that there's always that flavor of science fiction, and that flavor comes from the use of their super weapons. Super weapons don't think so much like Death Star or our Star Destroyer. Think in the terms of maybe a giant railgun that can nail you from half a continent away or a giant island that's used to shoot down an asteroid field that's now used for military purposes, or a giant aircraft carrier, a flying aircraft carrier, by the way, that has lasers strapped to its back and can basically intercept any kind of fighter or anti-aircraft projectile sent its way. That's what I mean by super weapons. Now, um, the fighters, the fighters, the, the people who are being follow throughout the story is usually from the point of view of the pilots it's not from a superior officer there are superior officers obviously giving the orders but it usually takes place or from the viewpoint of the perspective of uh fighter pilots usually within military science fiction you have the point of view of the soldier the grunt the guy on the ground uh for instance uh, going back to the robert highland's starship troopers Rico, john rico is basically the the main character. He's a grunt who works his way through the the Federation. Um, that being said, most often, uh, actually the majority of the time in Ace Combat, you're taking the viewpoint of a pilot within a squadron, and you follow that part that squadron as they grow, as they make sacrifices, as they grow as a unit, as they discuss politics about their nation, so on and so forth. It's actually really interesting. And the reason I put it under the, under the guise of uh, military sci-fi is that there's, a, there's, sci- uh, there's obvious science of science fiction. Anyone that knows anything about Ace Combat will remember what I said before about the, about the super weapons and such. But at the same time, you have the discussion about valor, um, self-sacrifice, that sort of thing. Um... Like I said, it takes place in an alternate universe, so and these alternate universe nations are not unlike, uh, say, wartime Eastern Europe. You have Osea, uh, Yucatania, so on and so forth, going at it uh, basically through an alternate timeline of our own. Uh, to me, discussing the 
the importance of patriotism versus nationalism uh, in Ace Combat is actually pretty important because more often than not, the opposing team or nation is a is a radical uh, wants to expand their territory and believes in ultimate in ultimate power um and you often play from the side of the repellers the people who are trying to save their homeland um <clears throat> going through this i have a list here yeah, basically what I said before, the patriotism, nationalism, so on and so forth, those are all pretty with pretty much within the realm of military science fiction. I should probably go back and read the definition of military science fiction to you, my dear squadron leaders, and let's compare and contrast before I head back into the next section, which would be Pacific Rim. Now, while I'm looking up this definition, I'd like to say that... um. I'm gonna be having a, a Facebook set up, and I would love, love to hear what you want to hear me talk about, basically, what you want me to discuss. Because I have a, a ton of things that I would like to discuss, but I don't wanna bore you guys, per se. I want you guys to have some kind of input when you become comfortable. So, we're gonna look at the Wikipedia entry for military science fiction, and it basically says it's a subgenre of science fiction that features the use of science fiction technology, mainly weapons for military purposes. Now. Mind you, I just mentioned some of the super weapons that are used in Ace Combat that are prominent. For instance, there is the Stonehenge system, which is basically a system of railguns that can basically destroy any military target from, say, half a continent away. One of the missions in, say, Ace Combat 4 Shattered Skies has you having to avoid such devastating attacks from Stonehenge by flying as low as possible to the ground. To the, to the ground. Uh, making it very difficult for those who are unskilled. Going forward, um, and usually principal characters that are members of a military organization involved in military activity. The squadrons in Ace Combat are obviously engaged in military activity. Now, here's the, here's the part that can sometimes mar my argument, is that most of the time it says here that these conflicts occur in outer space or in different planets or planets or galaxies to star systems and such. Uh, this takes place in an alternate universe, so I'm going to count it as an alternate planet because it's not exactly Earth, our Earth. It's an alternate Earth, an alternate history, per se. A detailed description of the conflict, the tactics and weapons used for it, and the role of a military service and individual members of that military organization forms the basis for a typical work of military science fiction. The stories often use features of actual past or current Earth conflicts. Like I said before, Ace Combat is an alternate version of our universe going through the same conflicts like the Cold War, so on and so forth, World War II, but with different nations. Uh, with countries being replaced by planets or ga or galaxies or similar characteristics. Battleships replaced by space battleships and certain events change so that the author can extrapolate what might have occurred. Now, I'm going to switch to the viewpoint section. For me, military science fiction is science fiction which is rich in a military situation with a fundamental understanding of how military lifestyles and characters differ from civilian lifestyles and characters. Ace Combat is basically that in a nutshell point blank period and that's where I'll stop on that section now Pacific Rim 
This movie was released back in 2013. It's basically a giant monster film. Think Godzilla vs. Power Rangers. It features the story of men and women who are tasked with stopping interdimensional invaders who send in giant monsters to wipe out humanity. Now, the history of Pacific Rim states that it's in the near future, in our timeline, where Earth is suddenly under attack by their first giant beast, Trespasser. After several con conflicts and the realization that regular tanks, planes, bombs don't have any effects on the creatures, we then resort to using nuclear weapons. The first time a kaiju shows up, we're like, eh, this is just an anomaly, it'll never happen again. Six months, six months or so later, another kaiju shows up. And after that, another, and another, another. They pop up in different places around the Pacific Rim, hence the name of the movie. After a while, we, we, the military decides that like using tactical nukes against these things is devastating for civilians and the planet, so we have to come up with an alternate, an alternate solution, hence the giant robots, a.k.a. AKA the Jaegers. Now, this is where I would say would be the fantastical military, um, the science fiction part of the, the military, uh, military sci-fi comes in. Jaegers are massive. These things are stories high. They're piloted by two people who are neuro-linked together. The basic premise is that these guys uh, move out and mobilize against a kaiju invader and stop it before it makes landfall, which is totally amazing, by the way, because if you read the book and the uh, script, there's this whole tactic that they use where it, there's the 10-mile miracle, no, there's the miracle line, which is like the miracle, the miracle mile, which is 10 miles away from uh, the, the coast, because if a kaiju makes landfall, that's when damage starts exponentially skyrocketing so the best chances that the Jaeger pilots have is to fight the thing out in the middle of the ocean uh, which is really cool if you think about it because these guys are faced are tasked to face these things in an environment where they're they're basically built to fight